0: This episode of the Cast is brought to you by Cast Iron Photography. Owned and operated by Ryla alum Becca Egger, Cast Iron Photography is in the business of meeting soul needs. Becca documents change, whether that's growing families, aging octogenarians, funerals, or personal private victories. She's learned a lot about nuance within leadership from Camp Ryla and applies that to her work as a photographer. If a picture is worth a thousand words that's a big opportunity to send a message and telling a truthful message requires a lot of nuance and becca has a special offer for listeners of the Rylocast. if you are in need of a professional headshot and you can travel to van Alstine, texas in the month of july she's got you covered for free that's right just contact becca through her website castironphotos.com that's castironphotos.com or on Instagram at castironphotos mention the Ryla cast and she will fill you in on all the details so that's what's in the copy points now here's your friend Greg speaking to you friend to friend as we are um, Becca took my headshots and my headshot was so good that then everyone in my office was wondering hey where did you get that awesome headshot And then we hired Becca to take headshots for everyone in my company. Uh, So yeah, she knows what she's doing. And if you need a professional headshot, I can personally endorse Cast Iron Photography and Becca Egger. Now I'm gonna go back to the copy points now because that's what Becca wants me to do. Here they go. Your career matters and a headshot that tells the truth about who you are matters too. Contact Becca soon. She can't afford this offer forever. We're looking at just July people. And she'll get you fixed up. That's castironphotos.com or on Instagram at castironphotos. And make sure you mention the Ryla cast. Ryla Rotary District 5810 my name is Greg Tepper I am the less popular host of this podcast we go now to the more popular host of this podcast ladies and gentlemen it's the man they call Josie Andrew Josie Utz hello Josie
1: well hello Greg
0: from your panic room is that where you're coming to us from
1: yeah I moved I moved into the panic room
0: Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. You probably shouldn't say that you moved, considering that would probably give away the fact that we're recording these podcasts back to back from the last one we just did.
1: Well, I'm just saying like I moved because we did like an audio check, but now that the fact that you said what you just said, now it's- Look, we're... you're trying
0: to put this on me and I'm not going <laughs> to let you do it. You know what you did. You know what you did. Uh, this is the uh, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, Rotary District 5810. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day With us, normally it's just Josie and I yammering back and forth at one another, but we have an actual interesting person to talk to today. Josie, let's bring her in, shall we? Let's do it. We are now joined by America's Sweetheart, live from Denver, Colorado, is that right?
2: That's right. Hello from Denver. It's Katie Huber. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Hi,
0: Katie. Hey guys, how's it going? How are things in Colorado?
2: Things are actually pretty great in Colorado, considering uh, spring has arrived earlier and we actually got into the 80s today. It's beautiful out.
1: The 80s? I know.
2: That'll mean it'll snow tomorrow, so. (laughs) I I
0: think that's the biggest thing that I couldn't do. I don't think I could do snow. That just seems like, snow's gross. Snow's low-key gross.
1: Gross? yeah, Katie, yes. what's, what's your take on snow?
2: Um, I was really scared of snow, especially, you know, growing up in Texas, moving here from California, like I had to buy everything from socks up, you know, to live here. Snow in Denver is great because it falls and it's beautiful. And then it's gone within 24 to 48 hours. The mountains, it stays there, but in the city, it, it goes away quickly. So you enjoy it. And before it turns gross, then it's gone.
0: Okay, well, maybe I could do that. Because the problem, the problem is not snowfall. The problem is snow, like trash snow, mm. like, like muddy, dirty like snow, parking lot snow. Yeah, oh no, parking like the, lot snow.
2: that's Midwest snow. You don't want that. This is Colorado snow. Totally different.
0: Okay, totally I'm learning. This snow. is this is the official podcast of snow like <laughs> knowledge here. I'm learning so much. Um, we're going to talk with Katie coming up here in just a moment, but uh katie first and foremost we asked you we sent you a big list of words and phrases uh most of them are 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 are, uh, suitable for air uh you chose one that is suitable for air do you remember what phrase or word you you chose yeah expectations expectations do you want to give us like a real quick synopsis of why you chose that word
2: yeah, So expectations, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with. Um, and so it's something that I've thought about in my life about how I manage expectations for myself and others and turn them into more positive attributes and things that um, I can work towards and want to work towards and living the life that I want um, and reaching towards my goals.
0: Well, that's a lot to live up to. Thanks for for picking that word, cuz now I have to come up with something that sounds smart about it. Um, so I've got the I've got the the big box. I've got the 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 super sized Some, right something here. to think about. Something to think about. That's what we call it, right? We haven't done this in a while.
1: Well, we would to peel back the curtain. Well, now with something to think about on expectations, here's Greg Tepper.
0: Hey, thanks, Josie. I appreciate that wonderful intro. I appreciate it. Um, okay, expectations. Uh, I, I think that Katie is spot on about like the, the love hate relationship I think we all have with expectations because I think we all recognize their importance. We all recognize that, that you can't just bob along and do everything, uh, you know, w- without any sort of, consequence without any sort of weight without any any sort of responsibility because at that point all you're doing is just just like i don't know that that seems really oh what's the word i'm looking for kind of nihilistic almost if you if you you don't set expectations for yourself but but i don't want to talk about about self-expectations here in in the big box segment what i want to talk about is is setting expectations for others and most importantly managing those expectations because i think that when you're talking about uh, being a leader and setting expectations there's a few different things that that i think people fall into a trap about Uh, a few different a few different ways that 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 they they do it either they set expectations that are just way 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 too big right? right uh that 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 you go out there and you say all right uh john uh, your sales are down. I need you to increase your sales by 300%. Um, that's not going to work, right? And by the way, I didn't just choose the name John because uh, <laughs> that's Katie's husband. Although, what? John, if you're listening, we got to pick it up here, dude. Um, <laughs> there's that. But then the other one is I think and one of the biggest things, and, and there's a there's a, an article by a gentleman named uh, Robert Schaefer here that that I'm reading. Uh, in a, 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 a article he wrote called Demand Better Results and Get Them. I think one of the biggest problems is uh, not only not just setting expectations too high, uh, but setting expectations too vaguely uh, mm. of just saying, hey, you know what, uh, we should try to do this. Or, or we should, uh, maybe if it's possible, we should, we should do this. Uh, when instead, I, I think that what that ends up doing is giving people a, an out. to to fall short of those expectations. Uh, When, you know, if something needs to be done, then let's make sure that everybody understands what it is, why it needs to be done and how we can best attack getting this thing done. As opposed to being a little bit like, I don't know, loose with it and just saying, Oh, it's okay. You know, um, you know, we're going to, we're we're just going to get, get things done as best we can. You know, uh, a perfect example is like um, uh, saying something about like, Hey, uh, you know, uh, if we could give this thing a go, that would be really great. Well, if, I'll be honest. If somebody tells me that, I'm going to be like, all right, that goes on the back burner. That means that it's not a priority for you, for me. Right? Um, and, and that's something that I think from, from the expectations perspective where people can fall in trouble, especially leaders, is not, not only like uh, setting expectations too high, that, that there's never going to achieve them, or saying them too low that they're way too easily achieved, but more importantly, just not being specific enough about them. That 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 going and saying here here are the the here's the situation, here's what we need to here's how we need to attack it, and here's why it's important to attack it. Because that's another thing. I think we've all had bosses like this, um, you know, or at least I have, um, who who have said things like. Um, uh, who, who have, who have not necessarily been um, uh, they, they tell you they need something done, but they won't tell you like why that serves a greater purpose. You know what I mean? Right. And I know that in, in my, in my job, what I have tried to be really cognizant of is, is saying, all right, guys, I need this to be done by now. And here's the reason why it needs to be done by now, because I think that that gets people to buy in. That gets people to, to then want to set their own expectations uh, for themselves Knowing that, oh, okay, there are some stakes here. It's not just uh, my boss told me to do it. It's oh, this is for a greater good. This is for a greater purpose. This is for something that's going to be bigger. And so, uh, uh, in reading up on 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 expectation setting and managing expectations, uh, those are those are things that I found, Josie.
1: Well, and it's um, thank you, Greg. That was a great great opening segment. You don't um, mean that. I do mean that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you normally can. Do you say your expectations expression. Expression. too low, and that's why? Well, no, my expectations were at the appropriate level Okay, and you brought it, uh, Thanks, man. but it's actionable. You know, it, when you yeah. were talking about it's, it's actionable expectations was the word that I just kept thinking about. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. It's not just, it's not just, Oh, Hey, you know, let's, let's try to do better. You know what I mean? That's just <laughs> right. like, that, like how many times have have people said, Hey, you know what? Let's, let's just try to do better. Like that, that's tells you nothing that doesn't tell anybody the expectation level uh, of whatever organization you're in. Uh, instead, you say, hey, here are some goals, some clear-cut goals. This is what's expected of us. Here's how we're going to get there, and here's why it's important that we get there. So um, other than that, I haven't thought a whole lot about this stuff, um, and, uh, and 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 there's that. So that is something to think about. And now, Josie, yes. it's my great pleasure to bring in our guest for the evening here uh, is, is, is somebody who I think we can all expect big things from in this interview. No pressure. It's Katie Huber. Yay! Yay!
2: <laughs> setting those expectations there, Greg. Thank you. Uh,
0: listen, I'm setting the expectation exactly wow. <laughs> where they need to be. Uh, hi, Katie. We've already talked about Colorado, so why don't we talk about the other interesting thing, which is, why don't you tell us your Rila story, how you got involved with, with the organization?
2: Yeah, gosh. Uh, So down memory lane, I was a camper in 97. I went to Plano East and was on Student Senate. And so um, they sent their student class president and their Student Senate president each year. Um, And so signed up. And it's funny, I was a person who was all in even before, like a lot of people are like, I don't know what I'm signing up for. I had never gone to a camp before, but I was ready uh, and super excited, which was really weird. And I remember sitting in Skip Jenkins' home. He did our parent camper meeting for all the East Plano and Plano people um, at his home. And sitting there and just hearing about Ryla and what this was going to be and um, with my mom and just sold. So I was really excited to to come to camp and was fortunate enough to um, be selected to come back on advisory and um, have been back for for many years since and uh, it's been great. You know, camp is. Ryla family and the people there and the things that I've been able to learn and give back to the program have been awesome. Uh, as you mentioned, I met my husband through Ryla, John Huber, Big John, um, and we've been married uh, almost 13 years, which is crazy. Um, and so life has been good. Rila has been really good to us and love being able to come back each year.
1: I could hear <laughs> the smile in your voice when
2: you talked about
1: Big John. <laughs> Uh, so now we'll, we'll slingshot forward from 97. Uh, what do you do now?
2: Yeah, so now I work in a healthcare company, which is definitely interesting right now with COVID. Uh, we have um, a leadership program called Redwoods, and I run undergrad recruiting for that. Um, so going to campuses across the country and recruiting students for our sophomore internship and then full-time post-grad. I also re- recruit MBAs and then help run the leadership program. Um, and so I love it. You know, I grew up thinking, gosh, I want Camp Riley to be my job. How can I make this happen? And now it, um, with Redwoods, our summer internship is literally called Camp Redwoods. And I have about 20 to 25 campers or interns that come in each year. So um, it's kind of the perfect job. I, I really love it.
0: Um, You know, you you're somebody who's pretty busy. You, you keep busy. And in fact, you know, uh, adding into the fact that, oh yeah, there's a travel aspect to it. Like, um, not to brag, but I can drive to, to camp and stay, you know, pretty easily. More like one morning. Um, but you guys can't. So, so why, why is it important for you to keep coming back? Why is it important for you to keep staying involved with this program?
2: yeah uh, you know, um, it's really interesting to reflect on that, especially since it's been over 20 years since I was a camper. And you, know, you we all try to explain camp to people who have not been through the program, and it's ch- always challenging to do so. But um, I think how what resonates with me is of being able to help develop leaders. I see it in work every day, and we see it in the need for community and leadership um, in the, the real world. Um, and to be able to have a program that has so successfully impacted people's lives, little, you know, or small impacts or large impacts, um, that's really something, you know, and that it's been consistent over almost 30 years now and has really created a special place for people to come and go and to be able to come and support that overall mission. Um, and, you know, a lot of us talked about, you know, leading our lives to make an impact, not an impression. And this is how I do it. Um, and then, and then personally too, I mean, I don't feel like I'm a, my myself if I don't come and recharge at camp and be able to reconnect with my why and who I am as an individual and, um, you know, hopefully a family member to the Ryla family. Um, I think it's something that's really important. And so I love that there's people at my work and in my life who just know camp is coming and how important camp is. And even though they don't completely understand it, that they know there's a bigger mission behind it.
1: So I'm going to, since you brought up that you've been with camp for over 20 years, how have you seen camp grow not grow, or change, I guess change is the better word for that, um, since 1997?
2: Hmm. You know, my one of my favorite memories of camp in all these years happened just a few years ago when, Josie, I think it was you, found the old VHS tapes in the storage unit, um, and we watched those with staff at night after the campers had gone to bed, and the young, younger like ACs and younger alumni who were there um all day, they were like, gosh, it hasn't changed. Like a lot of the core activities and the way we run camp are still so solid and so effective. And that was just a really cool, like proud moment of, you know, thinking to Mark and Jim and Dana about, you know, their minds and how they approach learning and leadership back then and how it's still so effective today. There's not many things out there that stand the test of time. And then also like their ability and our ability to look at things and take feedback and evaluate how the campers have changed, how the evolution of um, learning and what they're experiencing in schools and the demographics have changed um, in Dallas, like how we can better grow and support new generations and new campers that come in. Um, And I think that's been really remarkable to have a strong core and a strong evolution. What's
0: your moment <laughs> at camp? Like every, I, I feel like every person who comes back to camp every year has like a moment during camp that they wait for. And
2: mm-hmm. they're like,
0: oh yeah, this is it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, what's your moment?
2: A hundred percent round robins. It is my favorite part of camp. I am very lucky that it comes early in camp too. It's just such a cool you know, almost experiment to watch these campers go through this where they're like, oh, I've got this This is so easy and watch them implode and then rebuild and maybe implode again a few times. And just the growth that happens in three hours um, at camp is just remarkable on an individual as well as group level. Um, And that that is my favorite part. Plus activities in the morning, not as hot. It's pretty great. Mm.
1: (laughs) So expectations. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about why you chose that word?
2: Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I think it's something that I think about a lot. Um, you know, I think personal expectations as well as how I think of developing my team, setting expectations for the new Redwoods that we hire at work and and camp as well. Um, I thought Greg made made a really good point. Like Personal expectations can be super positive and super negative, um, and they can really can be empowering, but they can also kind of be handcuffs for you. And then learning how to release yourself from expectations. I think as we work through those as as individuals, it really applies to how we show up as leaders and how we instill expectations in our team to help define goals and work as a team and to align everybody to a common goal, whether that's the overall mission of the team um, or the organization or specific tasks that they're going to be working on. Um, It really helps us, you know, work authentically and have good accountability and how we're going to develop people too.
1: So, I don't know if you're an avid listener of this award-winning podcast.
0: Sure, Uh, I am, dude. I I want to be clear. There's an asterisk, a verbal asterisk after award-winning, but go on.
1: There there comes a time in every interview where we ask the guest to plug something, whether it's a book, TV show, movie game um now, quantum theory oh yeah whatever now the floor is yours katie
2: <laughs> i'm kind of squirming because i was like oh crap i forgot to think about what i wanted to plug um
1: <laughs> yes
2: and that one off the cuff i think this go with let me know if this works we have been watching homeland um, it's okay. a show on Showtime about the CIA it's, and one of their agents and how she runs and then the leader of the CIA and NSA that she reports to. And um, she's a very strong-willed, headstrong, but very strategic um, person in, in her own self and how she leads. Um, and it's the final season and kind of everything just wrapped up. But I think about the character, her name's Carrie, and then the person she who she partners with, his name's Solve, about how he is able to set expectations for the team and like be able to adjust to Carrie and her challenges that she deals with, uh, both in work and personal, and make those adjustments, too. So while it's a fascinating show, I've really loved it. It's also a pretty cool leadership lesson and expectation. So we're gonna see if yeah. that works and if you guys watch that. and wow. if that applies.
0: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm too poor to have Showtime, but that sounds great. Oh, we Showing totally trial. did the
2: 30 days for free. Yeah, <laughs> and waited and binged everything.
0: <laughs> love it, love it. Okay, so now I'm gonna have an interesting social experiment
2: here. Uh, can John hear you right now? Um, Hey guys, I forgot of one thing. There's yeah. a there's a book called When Breath Becomes Air. And that's yeah. one thing I would really like to plug. Okay. And back you to Big John. Uh, he has been banished to the other room because I did not trust him to not mess with this? me during this. Uh, would Would you like me to get him? No, I wouldn't because this
0: is yeah. perfect. For those who don't know, we're about to, after we get done with Katie, we're going to record a podcast with John. And what? so here's what we're doing. <laughs> We're going to run the whole, we're going to run the prisoner's dilemma right now because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell, uh, an embarrassing story about John on the podcast. You don't have to, but I am going to give John the same opportunity in the next podcast. And so this is the most evil thing we've ever done on this podcast. Katie, the floor is yours for whatever you want to say
2: oh my gosh oh oh, he totally can hear me (laughs) (laughs) the door is shut but he can hear he just announced um you know going back to homeland and seeing how they strategically tried to coerce their witnesses into doing stuff i'm going to say no i don't trust you an interesting place. yes um I bet you get more information out of John because okay. I'm sure as soon as we wrap up, I'm going to think of some really funny stuff to share about him, yeah. but I will be listening to what he says. And if he um, is more forthcoming, then um, I may. And we can, just yeah. We can, kind we can have of, a
0: follow-up episode.
2: Yeah. Just kind of jump in and, and share some really great stuff there. Okay. Katie Huber.
0: Yay. yay! Thanks
2: guys. And now with
0: something to leave you with, it's America's Sweetheart. Andrew Josiotts.
1: Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, So I am going to leave you with Competencies 2.0. An article, web page I came across from Gallup. uh, Not like the horse. Like the management consulting company. I thought they were, don't they do polling? I think they do polling. For a second, I thought you heard, I thought you said bowling with a B. (laughs) And I was like, that would well. be a much cooler,
0: <laughs> that would be a much cooler like company. I'll be honest.
1: <laughs> oh yes. You're doing a Gallup poll. No, a Gallup bowl, sir. Ah,
0: yes. Mm, interesting. Um,
1: well they have these seven expectations for leadership behavior. And there were a couple different ways I, I thought about attacking this something to leave you with, but I decided since it's a leadership podcast, we should just stick with this leadership behavior. And, um, so we'll just quickly go through these. So number one is build relationships and it identifies, you know, this is a a critical competency to develop because it allows you to establish connections with others to build trust, share ideas and accomplish that work, um, which also helps set expectations when you have relationships with people around you. Um, Developing people, Uh, You can help others become more effective through strengths development, clear expectations, encouragement, and coaching. Number three, lead change and and lead change by recognizing that change is essential and then set goals for that change and lead purposeful efforts to adapt work that aligns with that stated vision, which goes along with the first segment of, of actionable goals to move forward. Um, Inspire others. Uh, Encourage others through positivity, vision, confidence, challenge, and recognition, which also goes along with that actionable expectations uh, theory. Uh, Think critically and really dig down and seek information. Evaluate critically uh, and apply the knowledge gained and solve problems. Communicate clearly, and this is probably the most important in terms of setting expectations, um, you need to listen and then share information concisely and with purpose, uh, and then be, also be open to hearing opinions. And then uh, seven is create accountability and identify the consequences of actions and hold yourself and others responsible uh, for performance. And it's really important to set those consequences early so you're not moving the finish line. Um, And then as far as expectations go, it's not just a a performance expectation when leadership, you can also set behavioral expectations too. And so uh, that's something to leave you with.
0: Josie, that was so good. That it's almost as if you like, I don't know, like, you know how sometimes like you, uh, you lose muscle memory from podcasting. Like if you, if you take a couple of break, a couple of, of weeks off, yeah, you were, you were just right back in the box, like ready to go. That was awesome.
2: Yes. I agree. That was really good. Good
0: job, Josie. Well, thank Thanks, you, man. man. Uh, okay. That's going to do it for us. Katie, was this as bad as you thought it was going to be? I loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Thanks for being part of this episode of the Rylocast. And, uh, if you liked this podcast, code Katie. I'm speaking to the audience, not you. Although uh, th- I am, I'm also speaking to you. So, you know, heed this advice. Um, if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support us, please rate, comment, subscribe, uh, and tell a friend about this podcast and here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about the Rylocast is Josie.
1: Yes. So, uh, we're going to take a piece of paper and do some origami, but, hmm. uh, you're gonna make that little origami into the little game you used to play that only goes two ways, and you're gonna ask oh. your friend to do to pick the numbers. You know what I'm saying?
2: What was that called?
1: I don't know. Origami was the closest I could come up. Do you
2: remember the? Oh, there's game? a name for it. There
0: is. It's like the like the like the. It's got the four like. And it's like on.
2: yes. Golly,
1: I see. Oh, I funny. see paper fortune teller origami <laughs> fun game. no nope. There's a better, there's a better name for that. Yeah, anyway. there's a
2: whole. Oh, we just played this at a work retreat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait! I thought you had a big person job. I do.
1: <laughs> well, she told yeah, us she does like Ryla for live for a living. Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyway, if you know the name of this, it's info at info Ryla at what was
1: it info rila at gmail at gmail.com
0: if you know what we're talking about let us know uh thanks to katie huber for being our guest and josie thanks for your courage thanks greg we'll see Thank you next you. time